I got a text, podcast listeners. I've noticed. I saw. I always point the wrong way. It's up. Yeah, the recording it's over there. Um, I was really happy. I was like, I'm going to get my car back on Wednesday. I had direct visits on Wednesday, so I wasn't going to be in the depot. So I had another guy at the depot primed and ready to hand the car over, to hand the courtesy car back, get my car back. Yeah. He was all good. He was happy with it. He was like, I've got you, Gav. You're fine. Um, and he had, like, I've got two phones at the moment. So I've got my phone. I've got another phone. Both ring when I'm wrong. So I gave him the spare phone so that if they rang me and were like, we can't find you, everything was organized. It's all sorted. I had all my ducks in a row. Brilliant. The guy got the car up on the ramp, took it apart, went to put it back together, found out that the subframe's bent. So this was the funny conversation because the woman called me up and went, hey, we're not delivering your car on Wednesday, at which point I almost wept. Because I was like, I, I, I literally, I didn't hold back emotion. At the end of the phone call, she went, yeah, we're really sorry. It'll be another couple of weeks. And I went, I just want my car back. Yeah. I just want it back. Um, and she said that basically they are stuck at the moment because as per the insurance estimate, they have three weeks to turn the car around. So it comes in three weeks later. It's got to be back. Right. Because otherwise, they don't get money for the insurance. Every week over four weeks, they get fined by my insurance company because basically it works on like estimates and then how much it actually costs. So when they submit an estimate, let's say your car broke down and I said, okay, it's cost 150 quid to fix. If I cost you 200 quid, then the insurance company will go, okay, you're within a certain percentage, we'll pay that. But as soon as it goes over that, the insurance won't pay for it. You have to pay for it yourself. Right. So they are now like they, my car is causing them trouble because not only have they had it for six weeks, mm. which is double the allocated time, but now one of the guys brought it up on the ramp. And how it's been explained to me is because he's taken it apart and he's taken this part off because the part is damaged. He can't put it back on the car. Right. Because it's damaged. Yeah. So that part is part that you need to put the wheels back on the car. So they now have to wait to get this new part in. Yeah. So currently that guy can't work because my car is in his bay. So he's, shit. he's stuck. He can't actually work um, until he gets my car fixed. Because he brought it up in the air, took this part off, and then realized and was like, "Well, that's just in front of me now." He can't. There's no. He can't work on other cars while he waits. No, because he needs. They've only got one lift that raises the car up and down. Oh god! <laughs> I just want my car back. It's by the way. It's like the world is torturing me. They can't put it on a trailer or something and put it. No, somewhere. because the rear end has nothing to sit on. I'll just get some bricks. No, because that would technically further damage the car, which they're not allowed to do. Put a jack underneath it. I... Do you know what, though? Do you know that's the most annoying thing was? that like So guys with nice cars like to have a play. So if I'm driving along and there's a guy in a 911 
me and him will have a little bit of a, I'll accelerate past him, he'll accelerate past me. And you kind of look at the guy and go, we're having a bit of fun. Mm. And that's great. But when I was driving home tonight, it was a beautiful sunshiny day, not a cloud in the sky, Jared. Wow. Beautiful day. Are you sure you, are you, sure you were in the UK? Yes. Wow. It was still cold, but it was pretty. It's the difference. Yeah, I mean, that happens all the time here. Yeah. Um, and I pulled onto the A1M. The outside lane was clear. And normally what would happen is some people in fast cars would sprint by and I'd go, ooh, friends, and go and get them. <laughs> um, and a Porsche a 911 flew past. A BMW flew past. And then a Mazda MX-5 flew past. And I thought I could go and have some fun with them. Dropped a gear in this course that they've given me. And it basically just went... Bleh. Acceleration. Oh, we should accelerate. And they were gone. Mm -hmm. And then I quickly realised that even if I pulled up behind them, they wouldn't look behind and go, oh, this guy's in a bit of a fun car. He wants to have a play. They'd look and go, why is this dickhead in a Corsa behind it? Yeah, because you're in a Peugeot. I hate it. <laughs> I've never hated a thing more. Every day I get in it, and I'm just like, this is not my car. It is the complete opposite of the spectrum of my car. Anyway, should we, should we do it? Well, yeah, I, I get into my mom's Prius to drive her around. And I'm like, this is the opposite of what I would say enjoying driving is like. It's like some cars are literally from getting you from A to B. And then there's yeah. other cars that are like A to B is the fun bit. Yeah. The journey is actually interesting. Yeah. Now, for my Audi, because it's from 2004, the journey is always interesting, but not always for a, a positive reason. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, a tire just decides to wobble a bit. And I'm like, mm, don't like that. <laughs> but, you know, anyways, welcome to Better Luck next week. We are here. It's a bit of a, a slow show today, but that's yeah. why we've got another quiz on later. Mm -hmm. so the mm -hmm. quiz master will be returning once more. Yeah, But there's still a couple of things to talk about. We'll have a rules debate later on about the NHL because there's been some more just controversial travesty going on then we've got not wonderful news from women's hockey but we'll start with the nfl like we always do and the biggest story right now is russell wilson because there's it's gone kind of quiet on the deshaun watson front right now I so think russell wilson has taken this moment to go ah yes my turn for attention and so there's four potential trade um, destinations mm. for him to go, I guess, or at least that's where Russell Wilson's camp has said they'd be interested in going. And so I that know. includes the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, for mm. some reason, the New Orleans Saints and the uh, Oakland Raiders are well. I have, Vegas Raiders. I have a couple of things that I scratch my head on with this. I don't get the. I can get play. So the problem is, I can get players going. I I don't want to go to these places. 
but I don't get saying it publicly. And I also don't get the whole... Because, I mean, we're at a point now where there are very few teams that had the same quarterback as they did last year. Pretty few, yeah. I mean, I don't think this was said publicly by Russell or his camp. This was likely leaked. Because they would have had a, a meeting behind closed doors with Wilson and his agent and the and and the management team of the Seahawks, and it's probably been leaked by a source that yeah. these are the four teams that are in the conversation in the of where he wants to go. But one, do you, where do you define having the conversation? And two, I think from another standpoint, you you kind of have to look at this and start going well. We've got to apply some logic here, guys. Because I've got so many people that I know that go, oh, well, he's definitely going here, or he's definitely going there. Or you have the people that are taking JJ tweeting things as the, this is what team he's going to go to. Set in stone truth, right? Yeah. Um, I just don't see it with a lot of these different teams. I think that for me, this is purely a way of Russell renegotiating his contract because the Seahawks weren't that bad last year. Well, the problem with the Seahawks is that they don't have any sort of pass protection. Like he, he's been out of the last nine years, which has been his stint in Seattle. Yeah. He's been sacked the most, mm-hmm. has some of the least amount of time to make passes this is true and still manages to get the seahawks to the level that they have been at the last nine years under russell wilson so i get it because maybe being abused like why is that why is the logic that i I can understand from the thing for me is that the seattle have a winning culture they have a team around him because they have a decent defense at the moment they have so their offense is building now okay yes the offensive line isn't great but that well, is right and it's been built that the, the offer you say the offense has been building but it's been building for nine years since they got him yeah um so <laughs> yeah i get what you're saying i can completely see what you're saying yeah I'm I'm with I'm a bit with Wilson here where you know he's getting older he just got an MVP Where else where else is he go if those are the what were the four teams again I mean the Dolphins the Jets the Saints and the Raiders the Do- the Dolphins I don't know I mean they just they have Tua so I don't know why you would bring in Wilson The Dolphins, the Dolphins are a no Yeah oh. I would say no to the Dolphins the Jets are well, I don't know why you would even consider the Jets there, there's no you're not winning there at all. The there's not a chance no the saints i think might be the best option because you still have a decent team around you know you you, you still had a decent enough team around drew Brees. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i can you get know, that. and wilson's probably gonna cost i'm not sure what his contract is i think wilson is a little bit less than um 25 million mark than Brees. Yeah. So you have a bit if you bring in Wilson, then you yeah, so he's under contract through till 2023. 
on a mm. deal that averages 35 million per, but gradu- oh, it gradually increases in terms of cap hit. So it was 31 million this year, 32 million next year, 37 million in 2022, and 39 million in 2023. So this is that's, the problem. That's, that's going to be unattractive to a team like yeah. the Saints as the so problem. I would say, really, in reality, the Saints off the back of losing Drew Brees. They still might do it. I I would say that from the Saints' point of view, you put Jameis Winston in because he's fucking cheap, and you then not that bad, and he's not that bad, Um, and then you draft, you try and trade up in the draft and get a young guy to go under him. But this is the problem. This is what's going to happen with so many teams: is QB contracts have going been going up and up, and they've been going up and up for guys that both me and you have sat down and gone, why has that person got paid that? Mm. we've both had that conversation and now there's guys that are going to take up so much of a cap hit next year because the cap is set at 180 million it's just not going up not going up it's not going up until next year at least so now there's teams like the chiefs that have been smart where their 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 contract is structured with patrick where they go by the end of your contract we have to have paid you 250 million. Mm-hmm. And that means that next year they can go, you're getting 10 million. And then when the cap goes back up, they can go, okay, Patty, you know, we'll, we'll sort this out. We'll, we'll bring it up and stuff like that. Um, but teams like the Steelers, Big Ben's contract hit next year is 40 million. I think it's more than that. Yeah, I think we, we saw it was 41. So for me, I think there's a lot of QBs going, oh, I'm going to get myself traded. Yeah. And a lot of other te- a lot of teams going, where? Because you've got to look at these trade situations pragmatically. You've look at, got to look at when people say, I want to go somewhere and win. You've got to look at and go, okay, well, what teams does that actually qualify? If I'm taking myself seriously, that's a team that made the playoffs last year. And if I'm really serious about it, that's a team that made the playoffs last year and went deep into the playoffs. So there's only really about four teams there that you're talking about. Yeah. And to, to, to wrap it up, the fourth yeah. team is the Raiders who have Derek Carr. Yeah. He's a decent up and coming option. Yeah, the only way that I think that any of these QBs get traded is that the team they go to, they turn around and say, I am not going to take a lot of money. Right. Because that that's why a lot of people are going, oh, are, are, um, are the Browns going to extend Baker? Yes. That's the I was, that. And I was just about to think, you know, does do Seattle and Texas do a swap? But Russell Wilson's not going to want to go to Texas because they're rebuilding. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun to, Deshaun to Seattle makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, Russell's I, not going the other way. No. He'll, he'll veto that trade, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. We kind of did this a couple of weeks ago where we were like, oh, well, where do we think... Deshaun Watson will end up and I mean I mean Seattle might be the best option for him yeah. at this point 
Yeah, I mean, look. they're going to get rid of Wilson, but for Wilson, I. Where are you going to go? Well, right. Like what? Unless you unless you really sell the Saints on you. Yeah, I think I think the Saints is, are going to have to bite it. But the problem is, is that the, the only the only team that's going to get Wilson is going to be the team that goes, like, why would you? And if you're comparing the two, they're very similar styles of quarterback. They are. Mm-hmm. But last year with the Texans, with a Texans team that had nothing offensively, Deshaun was the leading passer. So if I'm the Saints and there's those, those two on the market, I'm going for Deshaun. Right. And also, Deshaun is probably easier to get hold of because the Texans know that he doesn't want to be there. As, and he's younger. And he's younger. So he's going to be more prolific. Right. Um, so that you go, oh, okay, yeah, that, that deal makes sense. So I guess the question for the Saints, in, in well, specifically, is yeah. are they, do they want to win now? Or do, are they, they've lost Breeze, are they going to retool for a few years and then come back even stronger again? Because if you're going to retool for a year or two, you go with Deshaun Watson because he's only, what, 26 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? 25, I think. Um, 26. He's not that old. Whereas if you want to win now with the team you currently have, you think you can do that with somebody a bit younger, a bit more mobile, a bit more mm-hmm. uh, I think in the pocket, that, you go with I Russell Wilson. Came into, a thought that just came into my head, and I don't know, I think I'll pose it to you. Do you think that this is the death of big QB contracts? No. I think this I think they're gonna continue. And there are teams that are gonna learn from it and teams that aren't. Because I don't I don't think the Eagles are ever gonna give anyone a contract as big as they gave Carson Wentz. I don't think it's gonna happen. And I think it's gonna take a lot. And that's what I that's what I mean by certain teams will learn from it and others won't. Um because I'll give you an example. There's a couple of goaltenders in the NHL who have 10 million and 10.5 million dollar contracts mm-hmm. which is you know about eight percent of your cap right there gone because the cap is 80 million dollars yeah but i can kind of understand that for nhl goalies because unless but goaltending you- is valued at about five to eight million dollars yeah but if you've got a good one i mean he's your only guy that is on the ice 100 percent of the time well here's the thing these two contracts both goalies are not performing anywhere near what they should right now. Carey Price with the Montreal Canadiens has an 8.93 save percentage, which is horrendous, especially for Carey Price. And then Sir, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky is, uh, I think he's doing a little bit better if I just bring up his stats here, because last year he was brutal. Like last year he was awful. This year, nope, he's nope, 897. Yikes, dude. <laughs> not good. It's not great. Ten and a half million dollars. This guy has a goals per goals against average, so of 3.05. So he's letting in on average three goals a game. Oh. And an 897 save percentage. Like, dude, that's ten and a half million dollars. And last year, this guy's stats were. He was a 900 goalie. 
And I, so, I and w- I mean, what gets me about this contract too, Sergei Bobrovsky is a very good goaltender. Mm-hmm. The year he signed this contract, he was league average, 913 save percentage. That's league average. I, I, I should go into like sports agenting. For, because, for negotiating, yeah. Yeah, because I'd be... Th- I would basically, I think I could win. Well, I think you'd have to be a team negotiator, though, not a player oh, yeah. negotiator. Oh yeah, no, because you'd you'd walk in the room and I'd go, okay, right. Um, what was your save percentage last year? Yeah. Average nine hundred. Average salary is this. Right. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pay you the average salary, but here's some performance incentives that if you meet, you'll get more money. Right. Here are some signing performance bonuses, <laughs> so you get more money. Yeah, if you perform well, like if you have a career year, great. Right. If we go to the playoffs, even better. And it stacks that way. And it is then- interesting because some teams do. Some teams structure the contracts that way, but still end up with a cap hit of like eleven million dollars. Right, like the Maple Leafs, Matthews, Marner, and Tavares are all about eleven million dollars each. Mm. The but Maple there's, there's one more thing. And one the majority thing. of their contract is in signing bonuses. Yeah. There's one more thing, by the way, that made me laugh. I mean, we, we're, we're bouncing between sports. But this whole we'll thing. get back. Yeah. This whole thing where people turned around and went, oh, well, teams have offered JJ 10 to a, 10 to $16 million a year. And I was like, that does not matter to him. He's like, the, he is at a point where he is making more money outside of the sport than he's in. I mean, the guy has his own shoe brand. (laughs) Just like, he, the thing for him, and the important thing for him is to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So if your team wasn't in the discussion of doing that or isn't in the discussion going into this year, now you have to pay him enough because he deserves the respect to be paid a decent salary. But I honestly think that you could go, okay, we're going to pay you $5 million, JJ. And when he goes, the fuck? You turn around and go, but every game into the playoff, we pay, we're pay. we going to pay you a million pounds if we win. And then if you win the Super Bowl, there's another four in it for you. Because right. then, well, if I win the fucking Super Bowl, I'm fucking sorted. Right, because that's what he wants. Yeah, that's what he wants. No. And uh, I do think... I do think sports needs in general needs to keep in mind that the aim of the game is to win, mm-hmm. not to get paid. You get paid because you're a winner. Yeah. Right. Or you get paid you, like it's the, I it, it's yeah. And I, and I've defended the, the like specifically back to the Maple Leafs contracts before where you know they're being paid for the upcoming performance right mm. which so far is realigning itself with the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah but at the beginning i mean Mitch Marner was terrible when he signed his 11 his his 10.9 million dollar contract he was terrible yeah right? see- william nylander signed his 6.9 million dollar contract he was awful yeah right? It's like these guys sign these massive deals mm-hmm. and then stink for like six to eight months. Yeah. 
and then, then they figure it out again and then they're there back is one, there is one of those things as well that i think that this is one of the big things that i don't think anyone's really realized about tom brady as as much as he was an incredible player and is now getting paid some good money he is still well below what you know if you look through the top 10 top 15 highest paid qbs at the moment he's just about top 10 i think right because when he was in new england he would take pay cuts so that they could spend money elsewhere and that made new england a better team well and he understood as well that if he takes a bit less money that the team can spend that in other places but that if they're winning, which it's Tom Brady, so they were always winning. Yeah. He's going to get money from other places. He's going to recoup it elsewhere. Right. He's going to get endorsement deals and sponsorships and, and all this other stuff because people are going to want to go, you know, Nike is going to say, oh, we want Tom Brady's face associated with our brand. Yeah. Right. Except he's a Trump supporter, so that might hurt it. Yeah, yeah, no, we just, let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> I mean, CTA. so well, let's let's move on. Let's go to the Formula One here, because yes. we've had four cars released already. They all looked exactly like last year's car. Hmm. Red Bulls just came out a couple of days yeah. ago. Ferrari's team is coming out today, and then the car is coming out on the tenth of March. I'm not sure why what they're doing there, but that's actually what's things happening. that have, no things that have been announced over the past couple of days shed light on that, and I will discuss that in a minute. Mm. So that's happened, uh, and then, well, you might as well go with that now. You sure? Yeah, the Ferrari stuff. So, for the first time in my lifetime, in your lifetime, Jared, Ferrari are going to be fighting for an overall win at Le Mans. Not in a class, not in a category division. Overall victory. First car over the line for 24 hours. And they are not doing it in a period of time where it's going to be an easy win. They are not doing it for anything else apart from the fact that they want to do it. They are entering in the hypercar class with a hypercar that they've been developing for the past few years. And they are going up against some stiff competition. At the moment, it is Toyota, Peugeot, Audi, Porsche, Mazda. Um, There's the possibility of Chevrolet. There is the possibility of Ford. Maybe Aston Martin, but they're being big girls' blouses about it. Um, And some others who I'm forgetting at this particular time. But they are going up against the powerhouses. They are going up against Porsche. They are going up against Audi. They are going up against Peugeot. This is the first time since Ford beat them. In 1973. Ferrari won five Le Mans back to back. So this is this is the first time Ferrari's entering this competition since the Ford versus Ferrari film yeah. that we all watched a couple of years ago. After that, they went, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. 
and this is their first time back. And they, this is what they think they're doing when they're releasing their team. Uh, Alpine as well. Renault are doing this as well. They are not... Ferrari Motorsport has always been a connected thing. So you have, for Ford, you have Ford Motorsport and then every different team that races for Ford elsewhere in the thing is badged differently and different sponsors and stuff like that. With Ferrari, Ferrari is Ferrari. Yeah. So the same people that will be working for the um, Le Mans team will probably also be working for the Formula One team. Ferrari have apparently developed this car. Uh, it's going to launch in the 2022 season to race. Um, no one's seen it yet. So there's a car somewhere because they've been developing it for three years. But we haven't seen it. Perez doesn't like the Red Bull. What a surprise. Whoa. It's almost like it's only designed for one driver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe. If you're Alex Albon right now, you heard that and basically just had like a victory. Right. Like, you'd have a beer, wouldn't you? Albon's just yeah. sat in the back of the Red Bull room of everyone, yeah. like all the engineers and everything, and they're yeah. listening to Perez going, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult to drive. And Albon just goes... I told you so. From the back of the room. <laughs> Just looking and going, really? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking told you that. Yeah. Right. It's a big weekend in women's hockey. Yeah. Because the PWHPA's New York Rangers Dream Gap Tour stop starts tomorrow night. They're playing two games in New York. One on Saturday, February the 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern time at the ProTech Ponds Training Center, which I will assume is the New York Rangers Training Center. And then they're playing on Sunday night at 7 o'clock at Madison Square Garden. It's the first time a women's hockey game has ever been played at Madison Square Garden, and MSG is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, hockey arena, as in, like, iconic hockey arena anywhere now because some of the older ones have have been repurposed like the you know like um like maple leaf gardens and and you know the montreal forum those have been repurposed now so madison square garden is known as the hub the most iconic hockey rink and this is the first time a women's hockey game has ever been played there it's the minnesota or like mini um yeah, Minnesota area Adidas team versus yep. the Women's Sports Foundation New Hampshire team. And the way they've done it now is so it's not like these women just showed up in their area and went, oh, I play here. I'm going to play on the, you know, the New Hampshire team now. No, there's been a whole there's been some training camps, you know, this, this wasn't just picked like it. that. These teams have been put together based on evaluation and competition to make these teams, uh, 
for this tournament. So it's only two games, but mm-hmm. I'll just go through some of who's on, uh, on, on these teams. So, and, and they're also hub teams. So like not everybody is necessarily from Minnesota, but a lot of the women on the Minnesota hub team are from Minnesota. Uh, and same thing with the New Hampshire area. You know, a lot of them are from New York and, and whatnot. There's a couple of Canadians in there that live in America. Um, you know, so they're in that area, you know, mm-hmm. but there's, there's, there's the, the goaltender, Alex Cavallini from Wisconsin is playing on the New Hampshire roster. And that's more because she's living in the New Hampshire area. Right. Yeah. So like I said, Alex Cavallini, you've got Amanda Kessel, Haley Scarupa, Brianna Decker, Gigi Marvin, um, Haley Scamora, who's a graduate of the Burlington Barracudas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to name some names on the New Hampshire roster, some names on the Minnesota roster, Danny Cameron, Easy, Kendall Coyne, Schofield, of course, Hillary Knight, Annie Pankowski, Kelly Panic. Uh, so big names from USA Hockey coming together for this game. And I have to pull it up because the, <laughs> the way they're divvying up so obviously like i said it's more of a tournament-esque kind of thing and points are going to be kept track of throughout this season so they're slowly making it more and more like an actual league instead of because last year it was just oh we're doing a thing in this area come watch us play that was kind of it so now they've actually injected a significant element of competition into it and so now we're now we're finally seeing that coming to fruition, which is fantastic. It gives you a team to start supporting, which is what right. we said you need. Right. So you're from the Minnesota area. You've got your Minnesota women, mm-hmm. the Adidas Minnesota team to 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 support. Right. You're from the yeah. New Hampshire area. You know, but you've also got the players. Right. So you might be from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And end up cheering for the New Hampshire because this player from- team yeah, yeah. because two of the top players in women's hockey from Wisconsin are on the team. Now I'm trying to find. Um, I had it a little while ago, and they've come up with. I think it's in here. They've come up with a new scoring system to, I guess, try to make it a bit more even while also making it more interesting and encouraging goal scoring and unique hockey situations. Yeah. yeah. So obviously they still have the point system where, you know, a win in regulation is, is two points, mm-hmm. but a win, an overtime win is one and a half points a overtime loss is um, actually, you know what? I think I'm already saying it wrong. Hold on. Let me find it officially. Here it is. (laughs) A regulation win is two points. An overtime win is one and a half points. A shootout win is one point. An overtime or shootout loss is half a point. And a regulation loss is zero points. 
And that's very different from what the traditional NHL system is, where a win is two points, an overtime loss is one point, and huh. a regulation loss is zero points. So you're going to have these like half point differences between some of these teams now, which is going to be interesting. But then <laughs> this is where my brain hurts. I tweeted out the gift of Zach Galifernakis and all the math in front of him. Yeah. When they said, <laughs> when I read the second half of this, because additional team points can be earned each game when a player scores a hat trick, a goalie records a shutout, a shorthanded goal is scored, or a team scores more than five goals in a game. So if you lose a game six to five, but one of your players scores a hat trick, you'll get a point for it. Right? If you lose an overtime, if you lose an overtime, but so and that so we can add to that if you lose that game six to five in overtime and one of your players scores a hat trick, you actually get the same amount of points as the team that won the game if none of those other situations happened. If nobody scored a hat trick or a shorthanded goal was scored. But sorry, teams score teams score five or more goals in a game, get one point. So both teams will get an extra point because there were five or more goals scored by both teams. So each team would end up getting two and a half points. Even though one team won and another team lost, the team that got the overtime win gets one and a half points plus another point because they scored six goals, but nobody got a, nobody got a hat trick. So the team that lost gets half a point, but because they scored five or more goals, they get an extra point. And then a team, a player on their team scored a hat trick, so they get another point. So they end up with two point five points. So both teams get two point five points, Jared. Despite the fact that one team won and one team lost, Jared. Jared. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Here's what we're going to do with that particular set of rules. Right. We've written them down on this piece of paper. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're going to do with them. You ready? Yeah. They're there. <laughs> what the fuck is that horseshit? I know it hurts my brain. Just if you win, you get a point. If you lose, you don't. I get like... rid of all this. None of this overtime horse shit. None of the. If you win, you get a point. If you lose, you don't. Don't overcomplicate it. Because now um... at the end of the season, you're going to be like, oh well, the Minnesota whatevers are three points behind winning the league, but. But they only have five wins, and the team three points behind them has seven. No, no, no. You're going to be like, right, so the, the whatevers are going into the game. Now, if they win, they win. But if any of these teams get a hat trick and win, then they win. <laughs> it's, it's fun, and it's ultimate chaos, but it hurts the brain. Yeah, but you might as well have multi-puck at the end of the game. Like multi just go full no just go full NHL threes where they have money puck you score a goal but you get three points on the board for it. <laughs> right. The simplest it hurts, thing it hurts the brain. It's fun. I'll say this. It's fun yeah. and different. I don't think a Friday night at nine o'clock was the time to like, because basically you've tried to explain nuclear physics to a tired man. 
<laughs> fucking you, you could have explained to me how a duck's asshole worked mm. and the same logic would have gone through my brain uh, throw it away <laughs> what yeah it's going to be very interesting what to they're see. trying to do yeah but that takes I think, away I think the they'll team. they'll I think they'll have to tweak it so that the winning team still ends up with more points somehow. Yeah. Because it's it's fun to award to reward performances yeah. like that, right? Like to get a shutout, to get a you know, a hat trick, this, that, and the other thing. You know, give a little bit more recognition for personal achievements as well as team achievements. Yeah. But yeah, I, the I team can, achievement I, is the win, right? I can see where you're going with that, right? But fact that the fact that your goalie had a shutout, the benefit from your goalie having a shutout is that you probably won the game. Well, yeah, you would have because the team. That's that's how that's how that's that's how that's achieved. Mm -hmm. I I can I think you can do individual things like if your goalie has a shutout, then they get some. You know, you you have your titles. You have a sponsor covering that stuff, right? Should we get a sponsor to cover that too? No. So basically, (laughs) the the WHPA women's hockey are the officiator, and Nike then go, okay, it's it like kind of like the Pro Bowl, like the defensive MVP of the Pro Bowl gets a truck. Mm -hmm. So go, okay, if you're a goalie and you have a shutout, you know, you get something from Nike. Yeah, Nike gets you new Under Armour or something. Yeah, something like that. Or, I mean, you get a car or something interesting. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you move on to this rules thing and then do the It quiz. is, yeah, it is a bit strange, but it's fun. And the weekend's going to be great because, like I said, it's the first time a women's hockey game has ever been played at Madison Square Garden, the most yeah. iconic arena in hockey. They've also yeah. come out with a new campaign. It's called... It's it's hashtag stick in the ground, and it's like it's like you're like it's like a flag. Yeah. So I get what they're saying. Um, it's like you know we we're putting our stick in the ground in support of women's hockey, right? We're you know we're putting our we're planting our flag for women's hockey kind of thing. It's just another like it's it's just another thing to yeah. The thing the thing for me though is that like with all these things you want the other athletes like so you want the male athletes to be able to replicate it. So what you want like them to be able to do is be able to like oh I've I've scored a goal or we won and in support of women's hockey we're going to do this thing and you're just going to have a bunch of guys trying to shove their sticks through a layer of ice and concrete. (laughs) 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 Like that was. That was the whole funny thing, you know, about this Baker Mayfield where he stuck the flag in the Oklahoma field. Yeah. The field was AstroTurf. Yeah, it's so not going to stick into it. He stuck the flag in and then it just fell over. <laughs> so you got you got you got to make a little pile of snow and then stick <laughs> your your hockey stick into that. It's the concept, okay, Gavin? I get it. I get the concept. And it will probably work apart from the biggest stage. Yeah, well, they've already they've already posted a nice video with a bunch of NHLers. Cool. As a part of it, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. I mean, I think I still I think they'll yeah. just put the stick in on the ice and go. This is yeah, me doing just and they'll yeah. skate off. You took it too literally, man. <laughs> I'm gonna jam it into the ice. Someone go and get me a power drill. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Or yes. just all the, all the players skating around and going, why are there like inch holes every now and again? They go, oh, that's so that people could do the stick in the ice thing. And you just watch some guy catch one with a skate and just go head over to Yeah. It. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is I why scored. We, the hole. This is why we can't be ever taken seriously because we take yeah, that, something. That's the reason. We t- yeah, we take reason. we take something wonderful and make it take it way too literally. Wonderful. I like it. It's yeah. very wonderful. It's going to be good. It all, I mean it already is good. It's already got major traction on um on social media and it goes right along with their you know their equal sweat and they're they've got the, yeah. the thing the thing that's really smart is that they've got multiple different hashtags mm-hmm. that people can keep coming back to now right it's not that they've got one and that's it right they've got for the game they've got equal sweat and now they've got stick in the ground yeah. right so I'll be interested to see how this one evolves and what else what else they kind of do with it because equal sweat kind of goes with the fact that secret deodorant is the main sponsor for the dream gap tour mm-hmm. right so that makes sense yeah so i'll be interested to see how this one evolves um okay as more like nhl teams and and players i guess come behind it now the last thing i wanted to talk about Speaking of the NHL, mm-hmm. is that video that I showed you? So, for those that don't know, there was a goal called back with about two seconds left in a game on, I believe it was Wednesday night between, no, I think it was Tuesday night actually, between the Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. It was called back for goal interference um, because Matt Murray apparently did not have enough time to reset in the goal as he had been contacted by Brendan Gallagher in his crease. He did not have time to reset in the goal, despite the fact that he had upwards of five seconds, like actual recorded time. Let's, let's break this down. So to me, I, the first thing I can't understand one, this rule is way too complex just is two what is the definition of reset because to me he gets a light brushing from that guy Mm -hmm. who's being abused by an ottawa defender as well the guy as well the guy is on his back like he gets tackled by the ottawa defense um he spins and he he stops and goes boom and to me, you're like, yeah, you're ready to take a goal now. Like, if he's got one leg half up in the air, then no, you're not, you're not reset. But if he's in the goal mouth and there's no one touching him, yeah. So, yeah. and this is, and this is from, this is from a lad who's not regularly watching hockey, trying to get into the sport. And this yeah. is, I think, this is one of the problems that hockey continuously has, is that. You go so far and then you just have a mind-boggling incident like this where new fans go, what? I mean, to me, that's just this is the thing is that why does a, why does a rule need to be a paragraph long? It doesn't. Because to me, you could make this rule very easy. 
it, you could make it the same as women's lacrosse or men's lacrosse, which is if an offensive player is in the goalie's crease, the goal does not count. Because then that makes this simple. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going always oh, easy pinky finger across or all those kind of stuff. You're going, doesn't matter what position the goalie was in, doesn't matter. Was he in the crease? So I'll tell you why the NHL uh, got rid of that. Because in the Stanley Cup final, the Dallas Stars were playing the Buffalo Sabres, and Brett Hall, it's very famously recorded, Brett Hall's foot was in the blue paint mm-hmm. when a goal was scored that won Dallas the Stanley Cup and it was not reviewed or called back. Now, this was in the late 90s, so mm-hmm. it wasn't common place that there was video review. But they got rid of the goal. They got rid of the 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 being in the crease thing to allow yeah. for players to still like because people get pushed around all the time in front of the net, right? And that's right there. The example is Nikita Zaitsev literally tackles Brendan Gallagher in front of the net, and yeah. the tackling of Brendan Gallagher initiates contact on Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. The the two things that I point out are this. From a, from a person who is well-versed in the rules and understands yeah, yeah, the yeah. intricacies yeah. of the game and all that garbage. Matt Murray does not need to do a 360. His leg gets pulled to about, if, if, uh, if I'm the crease, right? yeah. his leg gets pulled to about here. So there's no reason for him to continue all the way around to mm-hmm. do a full spin. You push, o- you, 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 you push off your left leg yeah. back into the goal and you're still facing forward. So he does a 360 for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then even so, he's facing the shot when it gets thrown at him. He's, he's, yeah, he, I mean, he turns, he spins around, faces outward, and is actively looking for the puck. And then the shot comes in. And it gets tipped by the guy that got mauled in front of the net. So it's a bit of a, the, the thing for me is, is that you, you, you're adding so many layers of complexity. That's from me, ignore it for the moment, B. Um, because what is the, what is the definition of reset? Yeah. Where, where does that sit? To so me, make- reset is the goalie is facing forward and is... Yeah. Is, so the, is, other is, thing is, yeah. Yeah. the other thing I don't understand about this is whenever a goal is scored in the NHL, there's that big... Well, yeah, that's the goal horn. It actually pumps up the crowd. Yeah. So I always thought that that was like an... Like, of all the sports that it would be the easiest to do, making it so that when the goal, when the puck goes in the goal, is an electronic thing that sets off a buzzer. I just always assumed that was what that was. Nope. So there's someone that sits there and does that. Yep. Okay. Um. So why isn't that an electronic thing? 
because then what would have happened was the goal would have gone in, it would have gone bah! and then they wouldn't have had this weird thing where it bounced out and then the guy flicked it back in. So they're... Because I could wire that up this afternoon. Oh, I know you could. And they have done that. They've tried with... Um, they've started developing pucks with chips in them. Mm. But players have all complained about them because they're different. Uh, they feel different. Because there's they're not just solid vulcanized rubber, right? There's a piece in it. So it changed, it's changed the consistency and the weight of it. I guarantee you so that players, I that. you could make that in it with the amount of money the NHL could make. You could make that in a way where people don't, where it doesn't notice. Oh yeah, probably. FIFA, like FIFA have done it with footballs. No, no, I know. You, I know. They're just they haven't done it yet. So they're not. They're not. They've done it, but they're not <laughs> committing to doing it because it's not. Because you do it in a way that there would never be any registration of it being a puck because you can inductive charge things now, so you don't need to charge a hole. Right. And then basically you pour the puck and before the mold of the rubber sets, you just force a chip in. Mm -hmm. I mean, an RFID tag, which is literally a piece of tape. Put tape in it, put a register on the top of the goal, not going to affect anyone oh but then you have to pay for all those registers on top of goals and how many pucks do you go through in a season and the blah right i know that's what that's those are the excuses no i know don't get it don't don't guy that messes with a ball don't do it don't do it you're just gonna get mad um my my last thing about this Mm -hmm. is that they always reference incidental contact with the goaltender is allowed as long as the player makes a conceded effort to avoid contact. Hmm. The reason that Brendan Gallagher makes contact with Matt Murray is because he's being mauled by Nikita Zaitsev to the point where Brendan Gallagher falls. But Brendan Gallagher falls, gets back up, finds the shot that's coming in, and tips it past Matt Murray. Like, I I don't... Like, he was fully on the ground, got back up, and found the puck. Matt Murray didn't even fall. He was on his knees. And you're telling me that he didn't have enough time to reset? I mean, you're an NHL goalie. Part of your job is going to be that people are going to hit you and you need to be able to get back in position properly. Right. It's, it's a difficult one. This whole reset thing is the problem for me because we both played goal in, goal in lacrosse. We both played goal in sports. There's not like a... To me, after a, like after a shot would happen in lacrosse, the only thing that I would consider was a reset was I would touch each side of the goal to make sure I was central. Mm. and then I go yeah yeah I'm central but for me as soon as he's back up on his skates right and he's kneeled down in the position where the goalies are well and the other thing is that Matt Murray doesn't make an effort to get back up on his skates he spins around on his knees and then just stays on his knees he doesn't get back up on his skates yeah I, I imagine that an NHL goalie could get up on his skates fucking instantly yeah 
Like, in fact, I think that'd be a drill. Like, right, you're, you're on your knees. Yeah. Several different drills. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So I, I don't know. I don't understand. It's when, when, when you're having to have a conversation about the rules and not the game itself, that's a problem. Right. And I think I, I, you sound like a broken record because we've said that how many weeks in a row now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just because we're talking about rules and not the game itself. By the way, Montreal ended up losing that game in overtime to Ottawa and they fired their head coach. So this is one of the things that I want to say. So this is one of the reasons that a lot of teams have turned around and said they're going to do this Le Mans thing. Now, Formula One is so stringent on rules. Mm. It's, I mean, I've, I've been given a formula. We had one at university. They sent us one, which is a Formula One technical manual of what is the rules. Right. And it is about five inches thick. I mean, triple that at least. It's huge. Um, Just to give you an idea, though, like yeah. these are the Hockey Canada rules. Mm-hmm. So the rules for this Le Mans thing are the fuel has to be a liquid at the mm. moment. That's you it, can have, it's helpful. Yep. yep. I you, feel like solid fuel would be difficult. Yes. You have to have they are if a team turns up with an electrical entry, they will have it. Mm. But no team yet has got an electrical battery that can last 24 hours. Or a way of charging a battery that lasts 24 hours. It's a long time. Yes. Um, it has to have four wheels. Oh, good. Yes. And there no, is... Not a, six or 12. No, no. There is a limit on how much horsepower you can make. Right. How much horsepower you can make from electric power. Um, and that's about it. You have to meet some safety regulations... The safety regulations being your driver has to be in a roll cage. The car can't be like the, the basic stuff like don't run yeah. your fuel line. Like the cars, it has to be a car that wouldn't kill its owner. Um, and you have to sell a hundred, you have to sell 25 road cars a year. It's pretty, pretty basic rules. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's great. That's it. Well, I'm really looking forward to that, and I uh, I know uh, well we both are. We're going to yes. see what what Ferrari gives us, but we'll yes. bring in we'll bring in the quizmaster now. I can't even. I'm so fucked. Mate. Yeah, don't don't I'm do so it. Yeah, things are happening. Yes, things are happening, and because I couldn't trust you not to be idiots with your names, I believe I have made it so that. You're going to get given PG names. Wait, why do I have to spin? I just want, I want Crazy Tiger. Why do I have to spin? I don't make the rules on Prairie Cheetah? No, I don't want Prairie Cheetah. That's terrible. Oh my God, that's better than anything. Amiable Puffin? That's worse. You only get a certain amount of spins and then you spin. I know. All right, apparently I'm a helpful pelican. You are helpful. We both went duck. That's quite good. Yeah, we're, we're both foul. <laughs> That's pretty out for this week's podcast. All right, are we ready? Yep. 
I apologize now if I mispronounce anything. So this is Gavin's quiz this week, and it is on the theme of racing, mostly Formula One. So what 24-hour sports car race was originally called the Grand Prix de Vitesse de Droit? Completely butchered that, so I apologise. Oh, oh, I pressed the wrong button. Click the wrong one. <laughs> we were just oh talking God. about it. Ladies and gents, Gavin got a question wrong. We were just talking about it too. I know. Jared's in the lead. Yes. <laughs> I'm oh, too we'll see. We'll see if he does. <laughs> who has won the most? Who has the most wins, even in Formula One, out of the blow? Yeah, Lewis Hamilton. I would expect you both to know that. I knew the first one. I just pressed the wrong button. That's your own fault, then, isn't it? Wrecked. So number three, which Grand Prix had a streak of ten different winners from ten different races? between 2007 and 2016. No, neither of you got that right. It was the Spanish. So it was it, it was 10 different winners each year or in 10 in a decade. Yeah, so it was a different winner for every race. Okay. I went with Australia because that's always the first one of the year. And everybody's a little like, woo. Yeah, a little confused. <laughs> a little what? Sorry, Jared? I'm not saying it again. Okay, damn it. Number four, which British motor, motor racing circuit was the world's first purpose-built motor racing circuit? It was Brooklands. There's also... You... A, there's, a, there's only four miles of it left and there's a museum it's very good i've been I've there never heard of these four words you've heard of brands hatch you've heard no. of brands hatch gavin goes on about it like every week at least i've been to all that doesn't surprise me gavin but no seriously next time you come back to the uk when this when i can yeah has passed yeah, you, we need to take you to these. I'm surprised you've not heard of any of them. So Gavin has now overtaken Jared, Damn but we will see. We will see if he can maintain his lead throughout the rest. My, I'm just annoyed at myself, to be honest. That's the person I've let down most in this so far. Yeah. <laughs> not really sure what to say. Both me and Joe were nodding then. Yeah, that's okay. So what does the white flag mean in F1? What? No. Knew that. Damn it. It means slow moving vehicle. Yeah, it's because the Yanks use it. Yeah, in, Na in NASCAR, it means final mm. lap. Mm. It did say Formula One in the question, didn't it? Yeah. You were right. I was just being a dumbass. 
like you made me panic then i thought i didn't put what rate like discipline of motorsport it was referring to name this corner oh god gavin tried to cheat on this yesterday but he got it wrong I might just do more racing ones just to see Gavin's reaction. Oh my reaction. god, I've just realised that two of them aren't even fucking corner names. It's the Nuremberg. Is the Nuremberg Nubo one? Ring. Yeah, it's that. Ring. That Nubo I know Ring. how to pronounce. Nuremberg isn't even the name of the circuit. The location, fucking idiot, Gavin. So, Brunschen is not a corner name, then. No. Damn. <laughs> Neither is Nickerbrook. The name of the bar, and Ascari Monza, the name of two circuits. Also, Nickelbrook is a local Burlington brewery. I literally couldn't give less of a fuck. Hey, they make nice beer. Maybe they'll sponsor us. They won't now because you just ruined them. If they want to sponsor us, I will officially apologize. Oh, no, they should just um, give you like just a beer coaster or something. Just going, we don't care about your opinion. We'll fuck you, Gavin. That would be even better. Yeah. For number seven, name this circuit. Oh, well. I mean, technically, yeah. that's wrong. Isn't that a, that's, a, that's a version of it, isn't it? No, you have the, Nür the Nürburgring is the name of the town. You have the Nürburgring Nordschleife. We have the Nürburgring Club Circuit. But, yeah. Does it not say circuit in the name? So let's presume I'm referencing to the circuit name. So you both got points on that round. Congratulations. Gavin is still in the lead, but only just. So we'll see if Jared can pull back. <laughs> Do well, overtake Gavin in this quiz again. As I'm and munching she... on blueberries. The Marina Bay Street Circuit is the street circuit for which country's Grand Prix? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Jared. Proud of you, bud. Again, both of you got points on that round. Gavin still maintaining the lead, but only just. I should be at least to a fucking head. <sighs> he went there being should. Hush. How many points are awarded to the race winner of each F1 Grand Prix? What year? Wow. Yes. 25. You're going to be pedantic. Go on. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I can see it building up inside you. I can see it hurting. So be pedantic. Let's get it over with. Technically, it's 26 because you can get fastest lap and win the race. Well, yeah, but that's not including fastest lap. It's just winning. It's just points. for race win. 
you done? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> in the background, just <laughs> you're eating blueberries instead of popcorn. Yes. Sebastian Vettel won the F1 Championship in 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013 with which racing team? It was Red Bull. I took too long with that. Mm -hmm. Not too long, though. Yep, you have a streak of four correct answers in a row. Congrats, bud. But not too bad. You are still only just behind Gavin. Let's go! What is the nickname of Ferrari? Balls. Ooh. It is the prancing pony. Gavin shaking his heads. See, when I look at the prancing pony, I just think of the inn in Lord of the Rings. It's <laughs> Lord of the Rings, yeah. I mean, it is the prancing horse. Would you like to be pedantic again? No, 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 no. I've no, just go to the next question. Okay. The Hungarian Grand Prix became a part of the F1 World Championship during which decade? Boring. Was the 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> oh, does that mean yeah? Yes. Gavin, bud. Oh boy. <laughs> right, I'll quickly move on to the next question for you, Gavin. What must a racer do when he or she sees a blue flag? during a practice session or race? Oh. No, they must slow down and block all vehicles behind them. It's a rare one. Yeah, I didn't know that. No, I didn't even know a blue flag existed until that question popped up. Like, so no, would that be like in a situation where there's a crash in front of? Yeah, like where them? they can't get the safety car to that location. The lead driver then operates as the safety car. Right. That's why they all have to have the radio for their team as well as the radio for the race directors. Right. Just in case shit really hits the fan. So question 14, when a red and yellow striped flag is waved, the stripes run in what direction? To help you out, Gavin, vertical, horizontal. Yes! <laughs> they are vertical. They yes! are vertical. I hate this podcast. I no, just, you don't. Oh, God. just hate him. Because oh, he didn't hate him. No, didn't. I didn't know that. Absolutely not. 
I'm going to move on. If a few drivers set identical lap times, then who would get the win? Who would get priority? So if a few drivers set the same lap time, who would get priority? The driver who set the lap time first. Kevin, are you all right, bud? No. <laughs> Uh, this is a I'll good the next one it is a good quiz did you say what did you say yes it's a good quiz good i'm glad that it's not just very one-sided because i didn't want to do easy questions because i know you'd know all the easy questions In F1, which flag signifies that there is one more lap to go before the race ends? Correct. There is no flag. You just continue. You blame the Americans for confusing both of us. Yeah, I don't understand why they do that. Right, they come out with the white flag and they're like, oh, one lap left. Well, I think it's because you have the Indy 500 that takes all day. Mm. people get confused of what lap is what and then NASCAR yeah. that's just 500 yeah. groaning laps of the same oval yeah it's a bit baffling it's probably for the sake of the drivers they just look up and see the white flag and go thank god it's finally <laughs> over it's <laughs> over well, so the Indy 500 is literally 500 miles yeah and the circuit is only about three miles long. Depending on where you do it, there's an IndyCar race in Toronto. But I Can don't know if it's... Can we talk about the fact that I said the Indianapolis 500? Yeah, that one specifically. Miles. Yeah, no, the rest of them aren't that long. Right. Um, but, I mean, some of the drivers have food given to them in the cars. I mean, I'd like snacks. If I was in the car for that long, mm. I'd like snacks. Right, I <laughs> will move on to the next question because <laughs> both of you look like you want to kill each other. Oh, I'm fine. Which is the longest circuit in F1 at 25.8 kilometers? Current. As far as I'm aware. I'm worried now. Yeah, because well, the Nuremberg ring's not a current circuit. No, by ring. Yeah. Pescara. I don't know any of this. <laughs> I think that just makes it worse. This is how I felt when we did the first one that was just I like. Know interesting facts that you were just getting yeah i'm just how many tire manufacturers has there been since 1950 for f1 in, in f1 as far as i'm aware in f1 uh, nah. i mean there's only no, one i don't know all the names this is a guess Mm -hmm. Okay. Nine. 
don't know all the names and I probably wouldn't be able to pronounce them anyway. Well, it used to be um, Michelin Pirelli and then... Well, doesn't okay. Pirelli still do it? No. Yeah, but this is going back to the 1950s, remember? Yeah, yeah. Michelin turned, basically, Michelin turned up to a race in America and the tyres exploded and the Pirellis didn't. So all the Michelin cars weren't able to race. Mm. So, so they then, just went with Pirelli. Yeah. I mean, and if you saw come. one set of tyres explode and the other one not, wouldn't you turn around and go, I want those ones? Don't really feel like those. No. <laughs> I don't like those. Bad vibes. So penultimate question. Which of these four countries has hosted the most F1 World Championship races? It is Canada. What? <laughs> Apparently. There's one in Canada. Yeah, but the Montreal Grand Prix has been around for a long time. Okay. And they used to do one in Edmonton, too, I think. Yeah. So no points that round. And we're on to the final question. Which F1 driver wore this helmet? If you do not get this, Gavin, I will go into know it. and slap you. I know it, but why couldn't we have done 19 questions on this? Because I would have got every oh. single one. Oh, yeah. No, Lando Norris. Yes! Woo! So, <laughs> with 8 out of 20, we have oh, Gavin. Gavin. And then with 12 out of 20, we Eight. have Jared. Congratulations, Eight. Jared. 8 out of 20, man. It's rough. I think he may have died. Yeah, I think he's gone. Don't worry, Gavin. I have a present for you that I'm going to link to in a minute. No, it's a fun present. Also, you can't do that. That's offensive. You could just put, like, happy face emoji over it. Yeah, that requires me to do extra editing. Fair enough. I think, what we, do, I think what we should do is that we should now... Qu the quiz master needs to be quizzed. On what? So yeah. I should do a quiz. You'll have to teach me. I should do a quiz for you two, and then Jared should do a quiz for me and you. On what? On our chosen topic. That's sport related, not just random crap, yeah? Yeah, there is a, is a, so I will do a one on interesting motorsport stuff that I like. Yeah, that's fair. That's what I've been doing for these. You mean we're going to have two motorsport quizzes in a row? Well, no, but then, I mean... Yeah, you're not allowed to do another motorsport. It can't be on motorsport for you. Okay. Gavin, Gavin's idea just went... No, I could do a quiz. I could do a quiz on sport. Is it on rugby? No, I'm going to do it on obscure, weird sports. Like what, cricket like and pole No, no, no. Like, I'm going to, like... Cricket's I'm not obscure. I'm gonna have questions on like the official rules of hot dog eating competitions. It's pretty obscure in North America, I tell you that. Is that a sport? 
Yeah. Hot I dog mean, eating you... is not a sport, Gavin. Needs to be governed by a set of rules and have a national governing body. And if there is a national governing body of eating hot dogs, can you imagine like introducing yourself at like a sport conference or an official event and just going, "Yes, I am. <laughs> I am the match director of hot dog eating competitions." It's not a sport. Just like chess isn't a sport. Darts isn't a sport. I'd argue chess and darts are. No, those are skills. How so? Well, there is. You there is need a skill to body for competitive eating. No, not a sport. That's not competitive hot dog eating, though, is it, bud? Not a sport. Can we end the podcast, please? Because I'm very tired. I've just okay. lost a quiz about Formula One and stuff to Jared. <laughs> I haven't got my car. And they need to pee. Yes. By my definition, a sport requires physical athleticism to some degree. If all you need to do is well, so my logic is that it. So the the one that I was I would people always argued with me was that it had to be in the Olympics. If it had been in the Olympics, then it was a sport. Nope, not necessarily. No, or else we would be here bloody forever if every single sport in human history was what, in the Olympics. What, what, we would what, be here forever. What do we not consider a sport that's in the Olympics? I mean, you lot Don't tried you mean to that make the other way around. Room, you lot tried to make ballroom dancing into an Olympic sport. I mean, not us specifically. Figure skating. But... Figure skating takes a significant amount of athleticism. But then, but by the same argument, does so does ballroom dancing? Not even slightly, remotely the same. Take skates okay. off. You God. strap a couple of blades on your feet with okay. picks on the front of them, and then do a do four turns in the air in about one point two seconds, and land on one leg gracefully and without falling on your face and breaking it on the ice. Okay. That's why it's a sport. Ballroom dancing takes physical athleticism and you can yeah. make it a sport if you'd like, but it's not anywhere on the same level whatsoever. No, but it is still, it takes a level. I, I can understand that one not being a sport. I can get that. But what that, else? I would, I would say ballet is more of a sport than ballroom dancing. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, but what else is there that? So, what else is there that hasn't been that's been in the what hasn't been in the Olympics? But it's a sport. Um, it's difficult to think of something off the top of my head. Because rugby has huh? is cricket in the Olympics. Yes, cricket has been in the Olympics. Okay. Yeah. But then, I mean, cricket comes under the same thing as like baseball and. To me, pole and hoop fitness. Huh? They hold na pole and hoop fitness. I don't know the actual proper competitive mm. term for it, but, but I, my God, I would say the reason that they haven't been in is because they haven't been around as sports for as long. So I, th I and think that those makes are any difference. It's been around for quite. No, a long no, time. he's just saying that it hasn't. That, that because like, that's the reason it hasn't got in yet. Yeah. 
It's not a thing of if, it's a thing of when. Well, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But you told us to mention a sport that hasn't been in the Olympics. I think I've done that. Mm-hmm. Not no, that I would agree. it hasn't been in it yet. True, true, I mean, break, break dancing's coming into the Olympics too, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the thing with pole fitness is, is that it's effectively, it would, to me, it would come under a gymnastics discipline. That's the thing for me. I would put it into the gymnastics department, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. You have to do a set routine to music, I believe, that, and you are judged on the perfection of the moves that you do. Yeah, there's yeah. technical implications yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, this is, this is, that's where I come into the athleticism. Darts takes no athleticism whatsoever. Chess takes no yeah, athleticism takes... whatsoever. I can I but can agree could... with you on chess. Yeah. No, chess I count as a sport because of it also as part of the official definition for sport requires skill. Chess, playing chess, being strategic. So how is that my... any different to any other comparable sport? My thing because it requires be... skill. My thing would be the would be that in do you separate your Olympians and Paralympians because you don't for chess? Mm. Right. The official that doesn't that's... say it says physical exertion. Correct. Moving a piece from one place to another is physical exertion. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, my sport of target shooting, for example, I stand there and do that. Yes, but I but still have physical exertion. No, to a person on the outside, it looks like I'm standing still, which, you know, fair enough, I partially am. But I have got to engage my core, maintain my balance, etc. And that yeah, is a sport. There's, there's, there's two different variants of shooting. You don't shoot in same, under the same rules and conditions as Paralympians do. That's separated. Whereas in chess, the oh, same... Yeah. So yeah, the same people that play chess as fully abled body people will play chess against people that have disabilities. Yeah, we're on two different points here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're still on the separation between um, Olympic and Paralympic yeah, athletes. Yeah, I can see why they don't. And why they no, don't separate that's, if yeah. they? Uh, just... Can I finish my sentence now? Yes. Zoom's fun. <laughs> I'm the host now. I can mute you, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you won't be able to turn yourself back on. He could just run into your room, though. Yeah, That's a very good point. <laughs> but yeah, I can see why they combine Paralympic and Olympic chess because, from a competitive aspect, it doesn't matter. There's no disadvantage to be had from combining the two. Well, and what, I, what I'll say about your shooting is that you just you just basically answered to my point though, where there, there are muscles in your body that are engaged to make sure that the skill you're performing doesn't go over this way because of the kickback I mean, and the gun. I mean, that's that shotgun, but yeah various you know because there's nothing the the thing for me the only way that you could apply that to chess would be if people lost points if the piece wasn't put in the right place but when people i mean people when they play chess at, at 
Olympic level, whatever, but when they play at a competitive level, if you can't move your hands, you can have someone that moves the piece for you in chess. Yeah, it's not it's it's not a physically exerting thing to do. No, I, I can understand. I can sit that and I can, get I can that. yeah, I can sit and play a board game. And not feel, and my heart rate's not going to go up. No, no, but it's not saying that it has to meet a certain level of physical exertion. It just says that there needs to be a form of physical exertion. That's that's why that, that's why I would classify that if you lifting can a chess out, piece isn't a physical exertion. You can sub out the physical exertion to someone else, and it not affect the game. Then I don't think it classifies, because if I sat here and played a game of chess against Jared, mm-hmm. and then I sat here and told someone where I wanted them to put the pieces, the game of chess would still go the same way. Because my physical input of moving the piece would not input the game. Now, there's the whole esports thing, but that's not... Esports isn't like... It, the, the word sport in esports isn't... So in the definition of physical the... exertion, it's of... No the competitive so for me it depends on the game so the real-time strategy games and games where you're just pressing a button they to me are more like in the chess aspect skill skill whereas some of the racing games and with arguments some of the competitive shooters because the racing games, you are—they are still sat there with a steering wheel. Yeah, they have the whole setup usually, right? Yeah, and the talented guys—I mean, you should watch World Fastest Gamer. But the the guy that is one one of the best, if not the best, e driver, because the wheel still has the force feedback, the pedals still have the feedback. They translate very well to—I mean, the guy who was the world simulation, game, basically. Yeah, um, and then it's been shown that the controller reacts at the same speed, but there are people with fast switch muscle fibers that are Mm. able to move the controller faster, which means they're better at first-person shooters. So those ones come into something separate. The others I would band in almost like a kind of a chess strategy, a chess kind of thing, where it is a skill. There is no... I mean, pressing the buttons at a set time and all that kind of stuff does have a small influence, but I think that, you know, let's say uh, Dota 2 or Skycraft or something like that, one of these big online competitive games, yes, you pressing buttons and stuff like that at a set time does affect the game. But especially with Dota, which is a online strategy kind of game, there are people with disabilities that play that with voice activation that do just as well. And that's kind of why esports is its own I, I think so that, that you don't have to classify the different no. video games into different I whatevers. think esports will become the more I think there will be more of esports becoming bigger and bigger yeah people love it I mean I've start, I, I watched some of the competitive stuff recently because it is a lot more engaging because it's in the virtual world they can have however many camera angles they want the production value is a lot lower it's a lot cheaper Mm -hmm. um 
I think it will be more and more to the future because the entrance, you know, I think our our generation have grown up on video games. It is, however, I don't think I don't think physical sports activities will ever be replaced. But I think this conversation could be extended to another episode because we do have to end. Yeah, and we wish. We wish better luck next week to specifically Gavin for knowing more about his own sport uh, and to all the losers out there because Gavin's one of them today once more. I fucking hate you. <laughs>